you know what way it's going to go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live in-play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see what all sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com sdpn. 19 plus and please play responsibly. Hey, 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 what is up? What is up? Welcome. Welcome back to Game Over Edmonton. Avery Lewis McDougal here at the controls tonight. Edmonton with a 5-2 win over the Red Wings. A big win coming back from the All-Star break. And tonight, I'm not doing my show solo. No, usually it's a one-man team on air. But I got to give credit to Roberts, our producer, helping me out with some audio problems. You know, hey, he's my favorite tonight. Coming in the clutch once again when my mics are failing, so he's helping me with the stream tonight. But also, too, if you're a baseball fan, if you're a hockey fan, if you're a Cleveland Guardians fan, I got a surprise for you. A pitcher in your organization is joining me tonight. He's also a diehard Orlis fan. It is the one, the only, Eric Zabrowski. Eric, welcome to the podcast. How you doing, sir? I'm good, Avery. How about yourself? Thanks for having uh, me. Of course, buddy. I'm doing well, sir. I had you on. We had you on many moons ago on a show I used to do. Or, well, it, it's on hiatus now. The Brad Avery Hour with my boy Brad Barker. We had you on. Back when you were yeah. young pup in the baseball game. Back when you were an Edmonton prospect. We had you on back when you were a prospect on the mound. And now you're a member of the Cleveland Guardians organization right now. And you're down in Arizona getting a little early spring training work in, buddy. How are things down there in Arizona? <laughs> Yeah, down in Arizona, like you said, uh, things are things are starting to move quickly. Uh, guys are showing up every weekend, and you know we probably have about a hundred hundred players down here right now, and running a little pre spring mini camp, which is you know basically spring training with uh, without the whole squad. But like I said, things are getting busy, but it's it's fun, and you know we're all excited. We're all looking forward to uh, you know the twenty twenty three season. No, of course, of course. As you should be, I know in your career. Now, followed your career for quite some time. You're a, a Padres draft pick. You played high A ball, but of course, you also battled injuries. What does it mean to finally be healthy again and getting past the elbow injuries you've had in your young career so far, Eric? Yeah, you know the the career didn't start the way I thought it would. Um, spent a lot of time on on the injured list, unfortunately. But you know, it's it's allowed for me to you know get a lot of growth as as a person and you know work on some things that or it gives me the time to work on some things that otherwise you might not have the time for. Um, you know, you have a couple 15 month rehabs and that, that gives you quite a lot of time to, you know, get really precise, you know, really uh, break things down piece by piece. And, you know, both mechanically, you know, physically with my body and, and just even mentally as well. Of course, you know, like what, how did it feel for yourself to get back on the mound out there and realize, you know, yes, I'm finally back. I'm finally where I want to be. And in 2023, what it means for yourself to, you know, progress again. I know you mentioned to me off air, you were signed with AA Akron. But what would it mean to, you know, get back out there on the mound and progress more and more? Of course, with the ultimate goal, like any pitcher, like any guy who's signed to the organization wants to be, 
getting to the show eventually, depending on, you know, maybe if not this year, next year, hopefully for yourself, Eric. Yeah, you know, the, the big leagues is, is ultimately the goal, but, mm-hmm. you know, I have a couple bigger goals, you know, that come before that right now, which is just, you know, getting back on the mound in, in an actual baseball game. Um, that's something that, you know, some some guys who have two Tommy John surgeries, like I have, that's something that, you know, they never get to see again. And, and so I'm just, I'm looking forward to the next time I get to pitch in a game, whenever that may be. Uh, that's why I'm down here early in Arizona working to, you know, make sure I get ready for that opportunity uh, when it does arise. Of course, you know, in baseball, we, we talk about pitchers in baseball. It's always guys, it's more or less guys from Ontario, BC, Quebec. There aren't too many guys from Alberta who you see making an impact or playing affiliated uh, baseball. Of course, Mike Soroka is pitching for the Braves, the Calgary boy. What does it mean to represent Edmonton and be an Edmonton guy working his way up through the levels here at pro baseball? Uh, it, it's awesome. Uh, it, it's funny seeing your teammates' reactions when you you know you go to point out Edmonton on a map and, and <laughs> you go way further north than they've they ever thought people even lived. And you know it's just it's it's where I'm from, and and I'm very proud to be from Edmonton. You know we were talking about the the Oilers beforehand, and um, it's awesome to to represent the city of Edmonton and you know just to show that that baseball has a has its spot in Edmonton. It's there for good, and, you know, hopefully it continues to grow. And there's a lot of great grassroots baseball organizations in the city, and, and you know, even even northern Alberta. Uh, look what they're doing in Fort McMurray with all those fields. And so baseball's, you know, in Alberta to stay, and it's it's awesome to see it keep growing. No, of course. It definitely is really fun to see. I, of course, wanted to bring you on here to discuss the Orlos 5-2 win, big win coming out of the All-Star break. What are your thoughts there? This is a team in which they show, you know, they could get a big win without the firepower of McDavid and Drysaddle. They got two big goals from Warren Fogle. What are your thoughts on this team's depth scoring, which really woke up tonight in this victory at Adelaide Arena in the, in Detroit, Eric? Yeah, depth scoring. That's you know we've been we've been screaming that from the rooftops for years, and and it's nice <laughs> to see you know come to fruition. It's you know it's it's not just been tonight. You know we've been getting lots of contributions from you know I mean kind of our jumbled up second and a half, third and a half lines with going 11 and seven. Um, I think, you know, the team toughness is there and that's really fun to see. And, you know, we're getting, there's still, there's still holes in our team defense, you know, not just the decor. I think team defense, you know, even, even McDavid got caught cheating on that first goal tonight, but that's true. those things happen. And, and I'd rather learn them in February against the Red Wings than, you know, come playoff time against the Avalanche again. <laughs> that's a really good point. Get those mistakes out of the way right now before they really will bring in a playoff series. And you mentioned defense and um, the penalty kill. We know we we know for a long time the penalty kill has been this team's Achilles heel. It's been an issue, but over the past little bit, absolutely, here, the penalty kill has stepped up a lot. I thought tonight I liked how the penalty kill responded. Special teams as a whole was really great. Tonight. What are your thoughts, Eric, on again special teams, especially the penalty kill locking things down against the Wings? Yeah, what? How many penalties did we end up taking? We we took quite a few, and we seem to we seem to enjoy playing shorthanded tonight. Um, the the power play was a little stagnant at first. It it seemed like they were really afraid of uh, giving Barry the point shot. You know, I didn't think there was any, there. I didn't think there was a red wing above any of the circles for the first you know three power plays, and then I think we you know we we figured out we started moving a little bit more. And, and, you know, some of those passes that were a second too early or a second behind, you know, 
hit the mark on that fourth power play, and, and that was Nuge with the uh, the game sealer there. Yeah. Yeah, for the record, I just went to NHL.com. Yeah, Detroit was 0 for 5 on the power play tonight, killing, wow. off, five, killing off five penalties. That is a thing that Edmonton could not do back in October, November. It's really turned around in a massive way. No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah, maybe maybe first start of the night should have been the power uh, the or the penalty kill. <laughs> you that, was, even, that was awesome to see. You could even say a third star could go to the post. You saw Robbie Fabry had a chance right there, empty net, hit the post when Campbell's down and out. So you give a uh, start to the post in that game tonight as well. <laughs> yeah, that would have made it two nothing early too, right? So that would have been that would have been a tougher hole to climb out of. But you know, when you have the firepower such as we were fortunate enough to have no hole is too big to climb out of, but uh, you know, you didn't want to be going down two nothing after the all-star break against Detroit. Right. No, I could not agree more. I mentioned penalty. This is a, and also too, Eric, this is a, a very chippy game. It's weird because this isn't like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, where Edmonton and Detroit were in the same conference. Detroit's in the East now, Edmonton in the West. And these two are going at it like they play each other five times a year. That was a, Strangely chippy game from two teams who don't play each other very often. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they kind of they kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, uh, you, you see the name Bertuzzi on the back of a jersey, and you know, trouble trouble follows him pretty closely. <laughs> so there's no surprise there. Uh, just you know, shout out to the schedule makers though. I just saw that we're uh, we're playing Detroit next Wednesday, I think. So at home, so might be some fireworks in that game. But yeah, like you said, we we were talking about the team toughness off the air, and, and it's I always felt like Edmonton for years has been more of a reactionary team. So it's mm-hmm. nice to see us kind of inciting it a little bit, and and you know creating the scrums, and not only creating them, but you know in the case of Vinny Deharnay and Seaweed Man, we're kind of finishing them too. And he was just showing showing everybody how he could just grab two guys and just kind of skate around all night. And that that was pretty fun to watch. Right, yo, Vinny Dernay. He is someone. I remember when he was first called up for that game against Anaheim. You know, I, I was a fan of him watching down the base Bakersfield. I want to see what he could bring, and he's been easily one of the more stable elements on a depth D man. He's been very stable. You know, he's, he's not gonna he's not gonna be a top line guy, but he's gonna be right. a very solid uh, third pairing guy. Like I've loved what he's done so far on the back end. Eric. Yeah, he's he's. You know, that's he's kind of been a calming force. <laughs> One of my buddies called him ginormous Steve Steos early tonight. <laughs> and uh, I think that that's pretty funny. And that's kind of spot on, you know, uh, on the offensive side of things. He's he's the complete opposite of Andre Sakara. He is the opposite of the shin pad assassin. He gets those pucks through, as we saw on uh, Fogel's second goal there. How many times have we seen that little flick wrist shot from from one of our D-men hit a shin pad and result in a two-on-one or a breakaway the other way. So there, there's some skill involved with that. I, I I definitely feel that's the case. No, of course. You know, that, that goes to show how long you've been watching this team. When you can call someone <laughs> ginormous Steve Stales, that, that goes to show you've been watching this team for a long, long time, Eric. Oh, my God. What a comparison. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the, the 06 Cup run, I was, what was I? I was nine. So that some pretty formative years and uh, that kind of, you know, Burn the, uh, I guess at the time it was the copper and blue into my blood, but you know, I'm just, I love this team. And, and, you know, I guess spending so much time away from home, it's, it's kind of my connection back to home in a way. And, and it's, you know, that the Oilers games are pretty, pretty available down here on ESPN plus. So I, I haven't missed a game in probably a year or two. So 
got nothing else to do, right? So we'll watch the Oilers. Fair enough. I, I do want to ask you though, when you were when you're pitching down at Fort Wayne, how easy was it to get a five oil game when you're in Fort Wayne? Like, could you get a we were able to find games back then? Like, I mean, that's not really a hockey a hockey hotbed for Indiana to find the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Fortunately, it was, it was, it was the uh, you know the late summer, so there wasn't quite much much Oilers hockey yet. But uh, I think we were in you know northern Indiana. I think we were in Blue Jackets territory. So mm. you know those those poor fans you know stuck out there watching uh, Johnny Gugu and and Patrick Laine out there doing you know tanking for Bedard. Yeah, I, I'll ask right there. What are your thoughts on Johnny Hockey going to Columbus? What are your thoughts? You, I, you know, I think like many of us, you're surprised that was his choice. I thought going to be New Jersey, and some people thought Philadelphia. What are your thoughts on going to Columbus? I'm sad to see him go. He was such just a non non issue whenever the Oilers would play the Flames. It was, you know, it was it was, it was awesome. You know, I mean, everyone's seen the you know the Connor McDavid overtime winner where. I think you have Kachuk and Goudreau skating opposite ways from the puck, you know, allowing, you know, the best player in the world to cut to the middle and score. So I'm just, you know, I guess I'm just happy for Johnny that he is closer to home, even though it's a, what, eight and a half hour car ride or whatever it is. I don't know. It's, I, I just wish sometimes the athletes would just say they were, they were following the money <laughs> and there, there's uh-huh. not, there's no shame in that. There's no, you know, I would I would sign that contract if it's presented in front of me. So there's no shame in saying I'm I'm looking for a change of scenery and, and I want to try something new. There's there's nothing wrong with that. It just the the excuses kind of blow up in your face, like you know when you say you're going home and you end up in in Ohio. Ooh, that you know I like that. I I like the honesty record. I like that. And for the record, Eric, you are also I believe the first pro athlete. To appear on Game Over, so you're making history tonight as well, Eric. Yeah, well, well, like I said, it's it's an honor, and I'm glad to be here. That's amazing. That's funny, and of course, now Edmonton also uh, they move on now to Philadelphia, and of course, first team. The big thing, and you've known this for a long time. You always have a, a rotation. They find ways to beat the big dogs. They'll beat the Tampa Bay. They'll beat the Seattle. They'll beat the Vegas, and struggle with a smaller team that they should win. So it's a big. It was a big test for them to beat. Detroit. And of course, now, of course, you would know that they have got to find a way to beat Philadelphia and beat Eastern Conference teams who they should beat. Because if you want to be a real contender in Western Conference, you got to find a way. I don't want to say the gimme games, but you have to get the two points in game that you're supposed to win. Yeah, especially, you know, with we're talking about how, you know, mighty and grand the Oilers have been this year. I think we went into tonight being fourth in the Pacific. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we still have a lot of room to make up and I have no doubts that this team can win the division. Absolutely. But if you're going to do that, you do have to beat Detroit. You do have to beat uh, Philadelphia. You do have to beat, I think, Montreal and Ottawa on the weekend. I think of these, you know, these four games, it's, you know, seven point minimum, kind of, kind of hefty expectations there, but that can, that can be something that can really catapult you up the, the, the uh, Pacific division standings. I mean, Seattle lost tonight, pretty sure Vegas, Pulled out a victory, but you know you're you're kind of just chasing Seattle right now, and and uh, I think the other teams will kind of figure themselves out. No, I, that's a very good point, and and you know even though that division right now is so volatile, I think personally it is the most entertaining division to watch in hockey because we we really like in other divisions. You know, you like you know in the Atlantic, you know it's going to be Boston winning that division. Other ones, you know who's going to win that division. The Pacific, we still don't know who's going to win. It could be Seattle. 
It could be the Orleans. It could be Calgary. Heck, it could, could be, be the Vegas. Kings, right? It could be the Kings. Like, we, yeah, still, we still don't know who's going to win this division. I think that's why it's the most fun division to watch hockey right now, Eric. Yeah, no, absolutely. But the race has been fun. Um, Seattle showing that you can uh, you can play with three or four third lines and just dominate play. Uh, their goaltending still a fluke, and I don't know how they've they've managed to get around that. But it's it's an exciting division. Um, the Oilers are in a fortunate spot with the injuries to that Vegas has kind of you know had, and then their goalies kind of kind of waning. And I think. There's a couple teams in the Pacific who are maybe on the start of a downslope, and you know we're eight zero one in our last nine, and, and hopefully we can keep rocketing up those uh, standings, and we should put ourselves in a good spot. Pretty sure we also have a pretty weak uh, strength of schedule in our remaining games as well, you know, relative to the other teams in the Pacific. So a lot more San Jose's and a couple more Anaheim's. I know we play Arizona, I think two two more times, so. Not gimme games, but those are ones you should you should at least get a point out of for sure. No, exactly. I couldn't agree more with that. And we are just also two, we are less than a month away from trade deadline day. And of course, there's a big concern, or I would concern my wonder is like what is Ken Holland going to do? Who is he going to acquire? I've said it many times on this show or other platforms that you gotta find a way to get a big target D man. I've said before your target should be Jacob Chickren. And you're hearing now from other sources that in I remember like a month ago. People are saying no, they're not going to get Chickering. That's on the target. Now the now the talk has changed. Now now you're seeing the insiders saying it's now, funny. Oh. It's funny how they all change their opinions all at once. It's right? that's it's, it's what a coincidence that is. It's you know Uncle Ken must have sent the note out, the mass email. <laughs> I, I think you're on the on money right there. Now yeah, now you're seeing the big names are now linking Chickering towards Edmonton. And I think he that is your guy. If you want to win a cup this year. You want to show you where you're about winning. That is your guy. And there's so much footage out there, Eric, that shows that Chicker isn't just an offensive D-man. There's so much footage out there showing him being responsible in his own end for the Coyotes. I feel like if you if you got to find a way to make a deal to bring in Edmonton some way, somehow, you have to find a way to make it happen. Yeah, I I agree. I agree, actually. I know uh, Jason Greger put a poll out earlier tonight I think it was would you trade two firsts and a prospect for Chikrin and I was one of the people who voted yes I just think you know that he's he's the best option out there you know he's not not a perfect player but you're, you're never getting the perfect player at the deadline you know those don't fall into your lap um, those two first round picks are going to be useless if you know we don't win a cup and Connor and Leon leave right so it's it's what what do you which you choose there it's it's a tough situation but you know if you're faced with you know hopefully winning a cup for connor and leon or, or two first round picks who may or may not be nail yakupov i think that's a pretty easy choice right yeah, i agree you know it's funny because i think it was earlier in the year um and even last year hall was talking about he doesn't want to leave the cupboards bare you know once leave the future right but it's like you have connor and leon right now you should want to win right now, man. Like, I mean, yes. Yeah. I, I mean, you don't want, yes, you don't want to leave your prospect there for the next five years. But come on, man. You should want to win right now. <laughs> what about filling up those uh, cupboards with Stanley Cups? That'll look exactly. that'll look a lot better than a couple prospects. Exactly. Like, and I know yeah. there's talk of this team didn't want to trade a couple of prospects. I like, understand, okay, maybe you don't want to trade a give it a more go. But I've said it before, like, Philip Robert, that's a name that should be in play. 
that is a name that should be in play because you know, yes, he's adequate. Hey, right he made now. a sweet play tonight. Sweet pass on that uh clouder goal. Yeah, no, I'll give him credit. He had a two point night tonight. He had a solid game. If I'm the Arizona <laughs> Coyote, though, if I'm Bill Armstrong, and you know, maybe I want a couple of pinks at Broberg. It's what you want, Bill? Okay, for chicken? Done deal. There you go. And Broberg can be a part of your future in a couple of years when you are a good team in Arizona. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's it's been awesome seeing what, what Broberg has, has kind of shown flashes of. But, you know, you can, you're still kind of in the situation where you could only hope that, you know, Broberg gets to the point where he's putting up 60 points and 20 goals in the NHL, mm-hmm. where you could, you know, trade him for someone who has done that. So... You know, it's again, it just we keep talking ourselves into this, making it an easier and easier decision. But, you know, ultimately, that's not up to us. We can just yell and scream from the rooftops. That's true. Hey, man, I, I will I will try and use my influence somehow to put in to put into the ether. Jacob Chikrin, uh, presser at Rogers Place some way, somehow. I'm going to try and do my speak best it into practice. existence. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I, I cannot agree more. But this is a team in which, you know. Of course, last year, Eric was a team that went to the Western Conference Finals. I believe that the expectation of this team should be, again, a, a successful year for this team should be getting back to Western Final once again. This is not a year in which you can take a step back. You cannot be satisfied, I feel, if you're out in round two, round one. The goal has to be Western Final at the worst, I feel. you feel the same way in that sense? Yeah, I absolutely. Um <laughs> You, you should be a better team this year than you were last mm-hmm. year. And, and we've, we've certainly shown it so far. And I, I think, you know, I think our goaltending is, is sturdier. We might not have the, those peak games, you know, Mike Smith, 45 save shutouts, but, you know, I think overall we're sturdier and, and, you know, we're a year older on the back end with some of the young guys. And, and we seem to have really found that 11 and seven really does work for this, this forward group for sure. And we seem to be, building up some chemistry just by, by sheer volume with running Connor and Leon through different sets of wingers. Like, you know, maybe they don't have to play with the same group, same wingers for eight games. Maybe it's more just, you know, having a five, six minutes a night with every group. And that just, that just creates enough chemistry with, with all of them where, you know, they hit the ice running and they kind of know where each other's going to be. And, and I think, I think we're a much better team this year and you know, we're getting generational point totals. I think we're also the only team in the league with more than one player over 60 points. And we have four of them. I think things are really pointing to a, a deep playoff run this year. And I, and I think that it, a solid, a couple additions at the trade deadline can, can only help this team. So it, no, it's, cool. I'm really interested for in March Mar- to see what uh, happens March 3rd. Yeah, I cannot agree more. I mentioned the you know the original talent, Connor McDavid. He's on pace for 150 points, and you know for the hockey news I wrote, he would get 122. He's gonna probably demolish my predictions by February, for all we know. Like, where do yeah. you think McDavid ends the year at? Can he get to 150, or does he take like I I I I I just don't know if that's really possible. But Connor McDavid <laughs> honestly breaks the trends of what's supposed to be happening in era hockey. You didn't get to 150 for his point total this year, Is that possible for him? I mean, I, I guess it could be. <laughs> I think so. I think so. ESPN showed a graphic before the game that he's on pace for 67 goals and 150 points. And and as someone who has watched McDavid turn it up in the second half of every season he's, you know, he's been healthy and played in, I, I think he's absolutely gonna 
hit 150 points, 60 something goals, 150 points. It's just, it's just bound to happen. He, he just, he keeps getting better. And, and, you know, we're, we're really lucky that we get to see that guy play, you know, three, four times a week. And it's, it's, it's awesome to see. No, it's, it's ridiculous. I, I know I'm not sure if you're an all-star game guy, but did you watch his performance in the skills competition where he goes went four for four in the target accuracy casually? Like, Oh, I'll, I'll break a squad. Let's go four for four. No problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it's just, it was another day for him. It was, they probably could have put him in any event and he could have, you know, done it sleepwalking. It just, he's just, just has a supreme talent that he seems to have harnessed and, and, it's 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 there's no words for it there's no words for it no it is you know it is just i i i'm i've i've stopped trying to predict what he can do next because it's funny because he still he still thinks he's not a goal scorer but yet he's on pace for yeah (laughs) or 60 goals this year 150 points and i just don't know how any voter cannot give him the heart i know it's been over the years voter fatigue and you know there's been a couple of times where i've missed the playoffs but he's still been the best player in the world. I don't know how you can not give him the heart this year. I don't know how you can not give him that award. Yeah, you know, I, it's he seems to be a shoe in for it. I think I think he knows what he has to do. I, I don't I don't think he cares about that stuff really. I think, you know, probably Stanley Cups are, are the awards he's looking for at, at the end of the year. But uh, you know, another heart in his trophy would be probably be pretty cool for him as well. No, it'll be great for his career, and you know, also having having it, having Leon playing well. It's funny because you got him in the. Oh, excuse me, what? Excuse me, ah. It's funny because you got him and Leon, and if you separate Leon, he'd be leading any other team in scoring. But Leon is just a second fiddle, or, oh, a second guy on scoring, which is crazy because his stats right now would lead how many other teams in the rest of the league? Yeah. <laughs> uh, every other team, right? I, what is he? He's second in scoring by what ten points or? or he's up 10 points on third place. Like, you know, if there's no Connor McDavid, you know, Leon Dreisel would be the best player in the world. Just, you know, sometimes some people in certain time zones don't stay up late enough to watch those games and, and they can't see that. And, you know, I get it. It's it's late over in Toronto, but is what it is. It's true. And then again, you know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, he's been here for literally all the bad, all the struggles. And he's here on pace for 94 points. I feel like I'm, I'm so glad for Nuge to have a good year. And this is a guy, I remember, a couple of years ago, Eric, like there's rumors that Dallas is offering him a better contract and he might leave. Yeah. Like, he, he took less money, stayed on pace for 94 points a year. And we might have, for the first time in 33 years, three Oilers cross the 90-point barrier in the same season. It's a good it's a good year for him. He, he scored tonight. It was 23 goals a year. Like He's having an amazing season right now. Yeah, it's it's been awesome to, to see Nuge really you know i did i don't know if this is this is nuge going forward or if this is kind of you know a, a, an outlier year but it's it's just been awesome to see nuge put the puck in the back of the net one and just contribute on the score sheet every night like you said he's he's been through some dark times as an oiler he's been through you know how many coaches has he played for and and you know even general managers at this point and and it's it's rewarding to see nuge stick with it you know, I'm I'm happy that he stayed with Edmonton and signed with us. We we got a pretty good deal on him. Looking at it now, and you know, Nuge should just keep doing what he does, and his, his number might be might be up in those rafters if we can get a couple championships here soon. You know what? 
it should be. The guy's been here 12 years now. It's, it's crazy. He's, he's been here 12 years now, and he's only 29. <clears throat> like, that still blows my mind. He's LRC for his roster, and he's not even 30 yet. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's uh, It seems like he should be 36 years old by now, and it's just it's – just, it's, you know, even with you, – you saw with Sam Gagne. Sam Gagne has already played 1,000 games. He's, what, 32, 33? Yeah. Like, you know, we, we threw some young kids into some, to, into some tough situations a few years oh. ago. And, uh, yeah, didn't work out for some of them. But, you know, and then you got Gagne and Nuge who are, who are still plugging along. Yeah, because, yeah, the old philosophy, yeah, back in the days of Steve Tamlini's GM, you know, oh, they can play right now. They're 18. Just put them in there. Veterans, they don't need veterans. How many 18-year-olds go and buy themselves? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're, they're go for it. Go for it, and we'll give you, uh, you know, Mark Andre Pouliot on the wing, or or whoever JF Shocks. JF Shocks first Grab, line. JF Shocks. JF Shocks first liner. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yo, those were. I, I don't know. I don't know what was worse, Eric. Those teams or battling through Rock Rexall plays in the concourse with intermission. <laughs> those those were both pretty tough. Man, Rexall place miss that place. It's, are they they're tearing it down soon, aren't they? They are. Really, you miss it? I I don't miss it at all. Like, concourse was bad. The bathrooms are horrible. I don't miss it at all. Knock that I was thing fortunate down. Enough, I was fortunate enough to go to a lot of games as a kid. My dad worked for TELUS, so we always had some hookups in that arena. So I, I spent a lot of time there. I saw some some really bad games. I saw some amazing games. Um, oh, man, I was at – I think it was against Chicago. I think it was Victor Foss and someone else. I think we gave up five – Five goals on five shots, and I was that was that was a tough day. I scrambled after school to buy some tickets on Kijiji. Me and a friend bus to the LRT station. We're so excited for the game, and then it was at least four goals on four shots, and we were just were like, "What? What is going on? Wow, we paid remember, for this." I remember I saw a game with a buddy of mine in like 2015. Tickets were on mm-hmm. yeah Kijiji for like. Six bucks. Like, hey, want to go to Orlando game? It was Edmonton, Arizona. He goes, sure. And he, 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 he was an Oilers fan. He was a Vancouver fan. He want to go to a game. Like, yeah, whatever. I'm coming to Arizona won. I think it was like 6-2. And this was back when jersey tossing was the big thing in Edmonton, getting tossed in the ice. Oh, yeah. We love that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I remember the one guy, Norvalai, he came down to the glass, arm full of jerseys, and threw five over the, over the glass onto the ice. <laughs> Sweet, what a I that I just don't understand. That's so dumb. Go donate that jersey. There's lots of people who would love that. It's just people are uh, might as well throw. I mean, for how expensive those jerseys are now, you might as well might as well throw a couple car payments onto the ice instead. Like exactly, like like yo, you are throwing literally possibly a three hundred dollar jersey onto the ice. Why? Why? Yeah, you're never gonna get it back. You're just. You just and then you look like an idiot when you run back up the stairs. So, and you're probably getting a oh, ban well. for life. You're probably getting a stadium ban. Yeah, yeah. You just, I, I, I've never understood that. Um, I guess you can't can't say we're not a passionate fan base. I guess, and you know, passion cause, leads people to do some weird things. I guess. No, that is that's very true. A couple more questions before we wrap things up tonight. I do want to ask you, of course. The, the team that will probably mostly be, be a playoff team in Western Conference. So I want to ask you, among the among the divisional teams that are there, that they'll be in the playoffs with, I want to ask you, 
Who would you want to face in the first round out of the Pacific? Would you want to face first round Seattle, Vegas, LA, or heck, even even Calgary? Who would you want to face in that first round in the Pacific in that first round matchup? Uh, right now, probably Calgary. They're they're probably the the team in the most disarray out of those three uh, that you listed. But if you're going to be the best, it doesn't really matter who you play. True. You know, I don't think Tampa Bay was sitting there worrying about who their first round matchup was, things like that. Um, but yeah, you know, if I had to pick, it'd probably be Calgary. It'd just be fun to, to uh, beat the wheels off them again. So, man, you know, that's always a good time. That's true. Yo, last year, last year was going to be fun either way because the second round was either going to be Edmonton, Calgary, or Edmonton, Dallas. And for Edmonton, our certain generation, you know, we both know like, Empton Dallas and Calgary, either way, it would have been fireworks. But last year, yeah. I mean, Empton Calgary, I was covering that series, and while I've never felt it felt good again, one to have fans back in the building for a PR series, but right. the animosity between Empton Calgary series for those who were not alive for the eighties or nineties, see, see what it was back then last summer. Oh my gosh, it was electric, it, and it delivered. It delivered. We had, you know, football scores and, you know, 200 foot goals and just, just a whole, a whole lot of everything. A whole like, lot yeah. of everything. Game one was goaltending optional. Game one was what's goaltending? Like, most Calgary, of the series was goaltending optional. Like, Cal- what? Calgary blew a 6 1 lead. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, once, yeah, once Calgary went up 6 1, I think, you know, what we scored four goals, yeah, whatever it was, and then you know, then we didn't really look back. Well, except for game two, I think we down went down two nothing early, and it was mm-hmm. oh shit, here we go again, and yeah. uh, and we just you know better team, better team found a way. That's true. I, I just thought it was so funny how so many people predicted oh Calgary in four, Calgary in five. No one had Edmonton almost sweeping. Cal- no one had Edmonton in five. No one had Edmonton in five in that series. That was a shock to many people. Well, we didn't think Calgary would roll over that easy, so. Or yeah. Jacob Markstrom would have a four four error, like. <laughs> He's yeah, he, you know, I again, I wouldn't mind playing Calgary, and I wouldn't mind them playing Markstrom every game. We just he just seems to have some sort of mental block when he plays when he plays the Oilers. He just he can't seem to. Maybe he doesn't see the puck off of our off our stick or something, but he he has he definitely got some demons with the Oilers. That's for sure. Yeah, it is a franchise right now. And then, of course, we see how this year has gone for Calgary with Gerald Sutter in terms of, yeah, goaltending, the lineup, how he's handled certain questions. Like, the Flames in like a team right now, they're, they're in disarray right now. Like, they are not a team you really, as it stands right now, want to bank right now. Because if they go into a player series and there's still questions about their lineup, I mean, heck, I saw Flame fans mad at the fact that Milan Lucic was still on the, on the roster, period. Yeah, Luch, yeah, that's... He's 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 awesome too. He's I would love to play against him too. He's it's anytime he's on the ice against the Oilers, I think I think we're we're at the advantage, no matter I, what. Yeah, no, I as it stands right now, no, I I could not agree more. So I'll ask you a a question. Told me a question to you before you go, Eric. If Edmonton, sure. if Edmonton were to go to the Cup final, are you going to try and ask some way somehow? You ask the 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 Guardian organization, hey, can I take a little break, you know, to go see a cup final? You get asked for like, you know, maybe a little sabbatical to go see a cup final game, you know, 
just say, you know, let me let me just go watch game one and make the cup final again, say uh Tampa or Boston. <laughs> that gonna fly. <laughs> oh man, that that would be that would be awesome. But I think that request would be met with uh, a handshake and a one way flight. I'd be able to come <laughs> home to uh to see the game, but I don't think I'd be heading back to uh wherever I'm at in Ohio. So I'll have to, you know, I'll have to stick to maybe maybe sneak my phone up to the bullpen or something and uh and watching or, or getting the kids who, who are always asking for balls to give me some updates. Oh, that is funny. I that'll, know. that'll be a stressful time. <laughs> That's funny. I know among, among the places you pitch here, are there many hockey guys among or these, or any guys you know who are mean hockey? I know, of course, being down in America, it's much more of a culture of football, basketball. Are any, any guys you trying to convert into being hockey fans at all down there? Oh, yeah. all I make all my roommates pseudo-Oilers fans. You know, when it's – I. I, I let them know what the schedule is going to be for the week. They know that, you know, Tuesday night at 5.30, the TV's getting flipped to the Oilers. Um, there, there's a decent amount of hockey fans here. We actually, a couple of my buddies are from Florida, and they've, they've become Lightning fans in the, in the last couple of years and stuff. And so there's no, you know, I wouldn't say there's many, many diehards that I've met, come across in baseball, but there, you can definitely strike, strike up a conversation. There you go. I I love that. And you know what, Eric, when you wrap things up here in Game Over Edmonton, Eric, I appreciate you coming on to the show. You're always welcome to come on the podcast. You're always welcome to come on, chop it up. Maybe we'll do it again and see how your season going down in the, in the organization with the Guardians, buddy. Absolutely. I look forward to the next time we get to chat. Thanks for having me, Avery. Awesome. Thanks, Eric. Anyways, y'all, be sure be sure to like, subscribe, and comment to the SDPN channel. Follow all the Game Overs podcasts. And hey, remember, tomorrow, it's NBA trade deadline day. So make sure you tune in and watch our deadline stream with S and Lauren. Where's, where's Yakim going? Will he get traded? Got to tune in and find out tomorrow on Thursday. Anyway, I'm Avery and I am out. Later. Game over. Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.